This meeting is now in session. Thank you, fellow staff members, for joining me. Last week we talked about- You're welcome. Uh, thank you. Uh, last week we talked about um, closing down the schools again. We talked about CRT implementing that in our schools. And we finally decided on a placement for our George Floyd Jesus statue. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. things are looking up. And now- So exciting. Very exciting. And now we have the, the great pr- privilege of opening a couple more schools in our district. Yes. And- I hope you guys came with ideas on what you would like those schools to be called. Let's start with uh, Amala, please tell me. Yeah, you know, we had a lot of parents writing in saying, you know, what about Thomas Jefferson Middle School or John Adams Middle School? You know, doesn't sound too great. I'm thinking. Name that racist, am I right? Name that racist, right? Oh, slave owners, disgusting. I'm I'm thinking we go more uh, more relevant, more more cultural, black cultural specifically. I'm thinking Meg the Stallion Middle School. Okay. How's that? Why? I think she's just a great role model, specifically for people of color. And I think we need to highlight people of color in, in whatever school name we come up with. So Meg the Stallion Middle School is great. Also, you have the, the Meg and Middle. Sounds pretty mm-hmm. good there. A little bit right. of alliteration. You know, right. she's a great emblem of sort of the sexual liberation. But I think we should take more of a body positivity angle on top of that. Mm. Um, mm. So I'm thinking more like luscious Lizzo Elementary or something along those lines. I think the students would really just well receive that well. And, and then we're sending all the messages that we want to send. Right. Honestly. And then we can we can cancel gym class for the Lizzo school. Mm-hmm. And we can teach all of the little girls to be on their thought stuff yes at the megan the stallion school i like it plus that leaves more time for critical race theory lessons yeah okay let's just do both that sounds wonderful great oh wait oh my gosh we're fantastic ma'am he always gets calls during the meetings guys it's so annoying hello yes okay well bad news what sir good news good news um is that the bad news is coming (laughs) What's the, the, bad the, bad, news? <laughs> the bad news is we lost our jobs. What do you mean? We're being recalled. I, Call I don't me get Gavin what, Newsom. I don't get what we've done wrong. I don't either. We've just tried. I don't to recall making community. any mistakes. <laughs> we've helped our community, and uh, I'm going back to my uh, George Floyd bunker. We've run the school board perfectly. Mm-hmm. No, very <laughs> How acceptable. did the union not protect us from this? <laughs> Seen a particularly long opening yeah, sorry, to Will and Amla live today. Yes. We made Amla cry, so I really, hope you guys are really grabbing it. a straw. <laughs> it gets harder and harder to come up with skits to open this show. I just gotta let you know it is not easy. <laughs> what we do is not easy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> not everyone could do it. Pretending to be San Francisco school board members is very difficult. It's demanding, it's tiresome. Yes. It's quite the task. It is, it is. Uh, but thank you all for joining us. Uh, and we're going to get into some stories here today. We've got uh, a new sort of bulletin put out by the Department of Homeland Security labeling us as a, a certain word that starts with the letter T. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is yet, but we'll get there. Plus we have a treasure. Yes, we're, we're a national treasure. Yes. <laughs> it's, Thank God I, they finally realized <laughs> our talent. I can I can uh, promise you it is not national treasure, uh, but we will we will get there. We also have the People who have been donors to the Canadian Freedom Convoy being doxxed and all of their information being put out onto the internet by hackers. Who are these hackers? We might have a video of someone confessing to the actual crime of doing this, uh, but we'll see as things go go through. We've got three uh, school board members in San Francisco who have now been ousted from their jobs in a brilliant recall move. Uh, after running their school board into the ground, we have Enos Freedom Cantor being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for what he's done in response to the CCP and the NBA. We have Wordle, Xing out certain words that you can put into their game. That one's very interesting. Plus, are black people overrepresented when compared to the population in commercials? We've got some crazy teacher TikToks, an update on Jordan Peterson. And for Wednesday's segment, our fun segment, we're going to be reacting to a Reddit thread called Am I the (laughs) a-hole? Where people put in their stories and ask, am I the a-hole in this situation? And we will be the judges at the end of today's episode. So, Will, we're not national treasures. Okay. We're actually national terrorists. (laughs) 
Sounds about right. <laughs> According to the Department of Homeland Security, they put out what they call a uh, terrorism threat to U.S. Homeland Advisory Bulletin. And I want to read a specific part in this. So you guys can go check this out on DHS.gov. Uh, but here's what they put under additional details. The primary terrorism-related threat to the United States continues to step from lone offenders or small cells of individuals who are motivated by a range of foreign and or domestic grievances, often cultivated through the consumption of certain online content. Uh-oh. Are we that certain online content? The convergence of violent extremist ideologies, false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories have and will continue to contribute to the heightened threat of violence in the United States. They go on to stipulate that the proliferation of false or misleading narratives as it pertains to distrust in U.S. government institutions and things like election fraud or COVID-19 are inherently a terroristic threat to the United States and that these online uh, individuals should be brought to task. Ask. They talk about political violence. Who, who's committing the political violence? Yeah, where? What What examples can you give me of Nazis going out and committing political violence? Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll point, point to January 6th, obviously. They'll point to the, the Charlottesville and thing mm-hmm. and say, oh, there's political violence. Can you give me anything else? Can you give me anything that's really that legit? I mean, what, what are you... my hand. What? Well, the misinformation that you put out in regard to COVID-19 is grandma killing. That's uh, pretty violent. Apparently. Apparently, that's domestic terrorism and a national security threat to be speaking the truth about about what's going on with COVID. Mm -hmm. But they don't have any real examples. If you want the people who are committing terrorism in this country, Black Lives Matter and those people going and rioting through the streets. 20 people died within the riots during 2020 because of their actions and nothing. they, They weren't held accountable. Then you have Muslim extremists who are coming in, which no one seems to talk about anymore, Islamic extremists, which is still ravaging Europe and still has been here in America, mm-hmm. but no one wants to talk about that. And now they're coming and saying, oh, white people and, and these these types of people with these conspiracy theorists, these small, isolated cells, these are the people who are causing political violence. What political violence? Yeah, where? Go to the trucker protests. Where, where is political violence? There isn't political violence. Yep. I mean, it's it's any of the rallies. I mean, I've spoken at so many rallies recently for COVID. I spoke at the state capital of California. I spoke at the march in D.C. with 50,000 people. I mean, I'm speaking at all these things and I haven't seen one act of violence at any of them. These are incredibly peaceful people who just want to get their, their lives back. Mm-hmm. But, oh, if you want to get your life back now, you're a terrorist. Right. I've seen Antifa show up to these events and cause violence. Of course. Nobody talks about that. And that being a terrorist organization either. And that's the, the really the only times that we've seen anything uh, that could be even remarked as violence. Yet we are the ones who are terrorists. And I want you to think of really what the broader implication of this is. And the, the words that are truly uh, disheartening to see it here are the proliferation of false or misleading narratives. What was false and misleading uh, two years ago, CNN is now using and putting out as fact. And where we would have been called conspiracy theorists two years ago and told that we need to be put in jail and that we're killing grandmothers and we're non-compassionate is now being put out by ABC and MSNBC and ABC, I mean, uh, and CNN as fact. So who gets to decide what's false and misleading? If, if we're running on this premise, then Joe Rogan's a national terrorist and he should be put in jail and brought to task for what he's been saying. We saw the hullabaloo that broke out after he had Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough on his show. And that was labeled as false and misleading information. And it's exactly what the DOJ did with parents who were going and calling out school boards for the infiltration of CRT into their students' curriculums. We saw the DOJ put out this long docket about how this is domestic terrorism and that they are they are threatening violence at our schools and and we should protect our school board members and our teachers by labeling these terrorists as such do you see a common theme here do you see where this is going to go it's going to go as labeling people like you who, who watch this show or watch other shows uh say glenn beck ben shapiro any of the other daily wire people or, or anything that goes against what the confirmed narrative is on their part you're going to be labeled as a terrorist. Well, also, if you go into the additional details section right here and you mm-hmm. see, for example, there's widespread online prolif- prolif- proliferation of mm-hmm. false or misleading narratives regarding un- unsubstantiated widespread election fraud yep. and COVID-19. If you watch yep. MSNBC and you listen to what the left has been saying, I mean, they have called for people who are running as candidates in America for the 20, 20- excuse me, in the 2022 midterms. And if they mention election fraud happened on November 3rd, 2020, then they say that they should be disbarred from being allowed to even run as a candidate. Mm-hmm. What sort of political process is that? 
It's you have no political process. You're saying, oh, oh, you can only run unless if you believe these certain types of viewpoints. Yeah. And people are legitimately calling for that. And again, you're talking about where this leads. You're exactly right. Because even if in this document, they're not talking about PragerU right now. OK, let's say they're. I think sure. they are. I think they're referencing things. People like us who are who are saying the truth. Yep. But let's say they aren't even doing that. And they're sure. talking about real kind of far right types of people. Let's mm-hmm. say that's true. When you give the government this type of power like this. Regardless, like what's happening in Canada with their War Measures Act, which Mm -hmm. they call a different name. But when you give the government this type of power, then there is no saying how far it can go because it can continue to go farther. I mean, that was one thing that was really important about when I was in Europe versus being here in America. America has the First Amendment. We have the Constitution where you are able to say these things that you want. Whereas hearing about cases that were happening in in the Netherlands specifically where I was, I mean, cases about people who are getting sued for things that they said that might be considered incitements of hate, right? You you don't have that same liberty that you have in America that you have here. And the way that this is sounding sounds like you are heading towards a dystopian future where people do not have the freedom to say what they want to say. They don't Mm -hmm. have the freedom to to be able to, to run for office if they don't want to. If you disagree with the narrative, then you're out. Yeah. Those people who are far right or even far left people who we say, who say things that we go, oh, that's extreme. They still have the right to say those things as long as they're not actively committing an act of violence against somebody or threatening somebody. It's like you still have the right to say and do those things. And we are fighting for that right. And to have something like this come out of of our uh, Department of Homeland Security should be very, very concerning because it's sowing the seeds for what's going to, to come out of this. Uh, and it's not just happening in those larger departments in America. It's happening all over the world. And and there are so many different instances where you can say we are being ostracized from society for the things that we believe, even though maybe it hasn't not quite come to us yet. It will. Uh, here's a Jordan Peterson update that he tweeted out today. Uh, Apparently, I'm being investigated by the Ontario College of Psychologists yet again, even though I haven't practiced for five years. The weaponization of professional colleges will be the demise of competent professionalism. So here's yet another example where somebody having opinions that deviate from the uh, the accepted narrative can cause trouble for them professionally. He's now being investigated by the Ontario College of Psychologists. They have the power to go, you know what? You shouldn't be licensed. Uh, you're, you no longer have credibility in the field that you studied for years and practiced for years and taught for years. You no longer have any credibility there. We've seen this happen with doctors like Ken Zucker, who we've covered on the show, who was studying gender theory. And he went he deviated from the narrative of sex reassignment surgery and blind affirmation of transgenderism. And they said his community told him you're no longer credible. And now he's not accepted as a doctor with any credibility in the field, even though he is one of the leading experts. This is going to continue to happen in every field. I mean, that, ha- that happened with COVID, too. That's a, that happened with the COVID doctors who yes. were coming out and saying that you were going to lose your medical credentials for saying anything about it. I remember back in, this was, I think, late 2020, maybe it was early 2021, but when there was all the HCQ stuff happening, the, the board of doctors in California sent out letters to doctors saying that if you prescribe this or talk to people about it, you mm-hmm. would be in a position to lose your medical license. Yep. So all of these things that the government is wielding this type of authoritarian power is a way to scare people into submission. Mm -hmm. But what Jordan Peterson, I mean, what I would recommend that he does, and I think this is already what he's going to do, is that it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. at a point, you know. Oh, they're going to disbar you or uh, take away your medical license as a psychologist. Mm -hmm. You're going around the world speaking to hundreds of thousands of people. You're making a huge impact. Who cares what these losers think? But it's going to matter. It's going to matter for other people who are not Jordan Peterson is the problem right. is the right. problem. I don't know that this organization or that this example. college. Right. Right. I don't know that this college has the power to take away his license. But think about that. Think about going to school and going to college and going there for psychology to get your degree in it and to get licensed for it. And then you say something that is considered wrong by them. And you say, well, I believe that there's men and women and that people who are uh, experiencing gender dysphoria need a different form of treatment. And they go you're not going to get your license anymore. So Jordan Peterson is a big fish uh, to to go after in this. But think about the little ones that are not going to be able to practice in the field because they deviate from a narrative, which means you will not get proper treatment. This will be the same thing for doctors. It'll be the same for teachers. It'll infiltrate every single facet of professionalism in our society. And you will only be treated and uh, have services from people who agree with what is considered the narrative. 
This this DHS thing, I recommend that everyone really take a deeper dive and actually look at it. Do mm -hmm. we have it linked in the description, Taylor? Yes. Because the things, especially when you go to the additional details mm -hmm. and you read section two and all the different bullet points, the key factors contributing to the current heightened threat environment include, mm -hmm. it talks about as COVID-19 restrictions continue to decrease, that gives a, a, a way that people can now meet to discuss violence, mm -hmm. people who are against mask mandates and vaccine mandates. That yep. they can now meet. It's talking about attacks at historically black colleges. It's talking about 5G in here. If you say anything about 5G, now you are one of these potential extremist terrorists. I mean, what a nutty document. Insane. No one should take anyone who works uh, these people seriously because what they're doing is just <laughs> asinine. This I mean, is, they're so yeah. backwards. I, I urge everyone to, to read this. Please go through and read it after the show and and give us your takes on it because it's, it's truly a terrible thing. So clearly targeting, so clearly targeting uh, people on our on our side of the aisle. It's so obvious and they don't care. And this will go under the radar too. I, I imagine most media outlets will not even report on this. Yeah, the last part in this, it says a small number of threat actors are attempting to use the evacuation and resettlement of Afghan nationals following the U.S. military withdrawal from Afghanistan last year as a means to exacerbate long-standing grievances and justify attacks against immigrants. So crazy. Who are the people who are committing the extremist attacks? It's extremist Muslims. It's extremist yeah. Muslims and not even just extremist Muslims. You go to Europe, it's just people who have come in from North Africa who mm -hmm. are raping people and committing horrible sexual yep. assault and terrible crimes. And those are the people who get no play in the media. No one's talking about that. Silent victims. And now, oh, we, I have to, some for some reason, feel bad because they're claiming that I'm saying horrible things about Afghan refugees. What the hell are you talking about? Right. This You're isn't happening. None of this is happening. None of it is happening. It's all a psyop to pit people against each other. It's terrible. And the yeah. fact that the government would use their power to do this and also the fact that we pay taxes to the government, meaning that these people at the DHS are literally my employee. <sighs> I own you. <laughs> okay, I don't own you, but you are you are my employee mm -hmm. in the sense that I am paying your salary and then you have the gall to come on and say these things about me. Yep. Useless it's people. It's very Useless. clear. Not everyone who works in government is bad. Not all of these people are bad. But if you're someone who works in government and you see this happening and you allow this to happen, you continue to work for them. I mean, I mean, you, you can't you, you can't do that. You can't have a moral conscience and put this stuff out. Work for an organization that believes this. You just yeah. can't. No, and one more wrinkle that uh, bears mentioning because it happened just this week was the anti-gun activist, his name I think is Quintez Brown, who mm -hmm. went into an office this week and shot at a mayoral candidate, I think in Louisville. Right. And uh, that, where is that being reported on by the media? The Joy Reid supporter. Yeah, he, he was, he's been on Joy Reid's show. He's been published um, by some left-wing outlets, uh, some of his work on reporting on like anti-gun activism and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's not a domestic terrorist. But if you oppose CRT right. and you go to a school board meeting, then you are, yeah. according to as, as far as the government is concerned. It's just insane. This is so reminiscent of communism, real communism, where people who were enemies of the government were labeled as that, essentially. You yep. were labeled an enemy of the government. You were labeled a bad actor just mm -hmm. because you wanted your freedom, just because you wanted to stand up for what, for what the government was doing was wrong. What does this make? Right. What does this do to people? I mean, we talked about this a little bit with Glenn Beck, but what this does is push people who are on the right or people who just disagree with this into crazy people. You make people crazy. You are when you tell them that they're these horrible domestic terrorists. The the next right wing leader who's going to be this this they're, they're going to be radical because of what they're doing, of how they are pushing people on the right and how to yeah. think and act. Yeah. You're pushing people into a corner. What happens when you push a cornered animal? Mm -hmm. It bites. And that's what they're doing with this kind of stuff. But that's what they want to do. That's they the goal. They do. That's the goal. The pendulum's going to swing back way too hard. Way too hard. And then we're all going to be here sitting in the middle of it watching it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's very, very unfortunate. Another story here uh, in the fight for freedom that is continuing to happen in Canada with the Freedom Convoy. They have been doxxed. At least the donors to the Freedom Convoy have been doxxed. Uh, the Give, Send, Go donors have uh, been targeted by political hacking into the Give, Send, Go network. And the names of the donors who contributed to the Canadian Freedom Convoy were made public in what is now being called a well-orchestrated, politically motivated doxing effort. Now, they're still trying to find out exactly who is responsible for this but we do have a recent video that was put out by somebody streaming live on the internet saying that they are in fact the person who doxed the donors here's that very strange video 
very weird breathing. I don't like it. <laughs> Nothing scares me. Nothing. Yes, I doxed the truckers. I did it. It was me. I hacked Give, Send, Go, baby. And I do it again. Sorry for the headphone users. I do it a hundred times. I did it. I did it. Come at me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to me? Huh? This is making me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I hacked Epic Hosting. I hacked Parlor. I hacked Gab. I hacked Truth Social. I hacked Go Gibson Go. I okay. I'm done watching that. But he goes oh on uh, an extended tirade to say, to confess to multiple crimes, if this is true. I hacked Parlor. I hacked Gab. I hacked Drew, uh, Drew Social. I, I hacked killed John F. Kennedy. <laughs> like, like, I'm waiting for, like, yeah. how much more is, are we going to get from... He's like, I'm untouchable. I'm not scared of anything. I did Watergate. <laughs> I faked Trudeau's birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wild. But it shows you, like... These are the people who disagree with the Canadian Freedom Convoy. Mm -hmm. These are the people totally who... Totally normal, sane, to great people. Right. Yeah. He's, oh, which, he's, not, he's fighting the terrorists. Yeah. He's not the terrorists. He's the one fighting the terrorists. Yeah. This is the one who's fighting the Canadian Freedom Convoy terrorists mm -hmm. who are lighting up their barbecue grills and their hot tubs and their pizza ovens and... Uh, Really, really spreading violence across Ottawa. No, when you say keyboard warrior, I mean, it gives it a whole new meaning seeing this guy. That's exactly what he is. Yeah. And he sits at home and does nothing with his life and then hacks something and doxes people. And now, does anyone see this guy as a hero? I'd be, I'd be surprised to know. I bet there are people that do. I'm sure. I bet there are. It, it's quite surprising to me that there would be anyone <laughs> who could see someone like this as a hero. <laughs> Compared Someone to said he's West Elm, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> I texted the 16 girls. <laughs> I'm the Tinder swindler. Yeah. Exactly. I'm the hash slinging slasher. <laughs> that's that's the West Elm Strangler. <laughs> I'm the Scranton Strangler. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry, Will. No, I understand. I get, the, I get the reference. No, I know. I just kind of interrupted you. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> we got her. Uh, okay, keep going. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> that was very that was good. funny. No, that was a good joke. Listen, if if just compared to people who are heroic in the past, the people who have been heralded as great people to do great deeds against all odds, against tyranny, to think that this guy could someday go down in the annals of history as one of those people is just it's just crazy. Yep. And there's a massive effort to write people like that in as heroes. And mm -hmm. by the way, this information is all over Twitter right now. The people who've been doxxed that there's like multiple accounts posting this. Yeah. Twitter specifically has a policy that I'm pretty sure they made to combat James O'Keefe and used to justify banning him from their platform, which was you can't publish hack material. I mean, there's some other stuff with certain sons of other politicians that w was not wanted to be leaked on Twitter. Yeah. yeah um, yep. But anyway, according to their own policy, anyone who uses hacked information and publishes it on their platform should be banned but stuff like this and the information that this guy hacked is is all over the place on Oops, there right now and right. they're not doing I anything about it. I didn't see it. I missed it. Right. That's and insane. there was just a video that came out on Twitter. I just saw this. It had like 700,000 views. It was a video of a woman getting destroyed by an SUV, getting hit by an SUV and dying. It's Yay. a horrible, gory video. And it's like that's allowed on the platform. But then people speaking out against COVID mandates and all this well, isn't Taliban's allowed, on allowed on Twitter. Right, no, it's crazy. I mean, you can go and say the N-word and do all this horrible stuff, whatever it is. But when it comes to, to speaking COVID information that's the truth, no, then you get banned. Or you're right. defiant L's and you just are basically a mirror for what these people say. Yep. They don't even want you to see what they said before. <laughs> yeah. How crazy is that? You can't post our own words or we'll ban you. I know. I know. It's just amazing. The clown world that we live in currently is just fan-dan-tastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but Yes. No, well. no, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I don't, he's like, no, I don't want to say it anymore. Nah, nah, Let's get trouble. into a couple a couple high points here. Let's get some wins in because we've been talking a lot a lot of downers right now. Uh 
here's a New York Times article in landslide. San Francisco forces out three Board of Education members. And what's really interesting is that, uh, you know, San Franciscans, I guess you can call them, were looking at what had happened in their Board of Education with their schools as it relates to COVID-19 and the mask mandates, critical race theory, I'm sure played a big role in this, and also a massive move against meritocracy. Uh, Instead, putting kids in school based on a lottery instead of taking into account their grades and academic standing. And what truly caused these three Board of Education members to be pushed out of the San Francisco board was a galvanized group of Asian Americans who said our kids are performing well above academic standards. They are uh, exceedingly great at getting good grades in these schools, yet you are focusing on a lottery system and it's not fair to our children. So what did they do? They organized and they came out to vote and now three board members will not be seeing their seats again. It's great. Yeah. That's what democracy looks like. It is. That's an amazing thing. That's the power of these things that people can do. Yep. You hear it all the time. People are like, what can I do? I'm just one person. Yeah. You can get groups together. You can go and talk at these meetings. You can get coalitions and you can make changes that you want to see. Yeah, it's you know? it's true. And they yeah, they recalled all three of these people who I'm sure were just sitting pretty in their little ivory tower seats thinking everything was going to be fine and they could just push their agenda into the schools, which, again, is a critical race theory agenda. Uh, this idea that meritocracy somehow promotes whiteness or is an extension of white supremacy. And what it does is it ruins the lives of young Asian-American kids who, again, are are known culturally for for uh, performing well above academic standing. So why would you force a kid like that to have to be subjected to a lottery? Their grades should be taken into account how well they're doing in school should be taken into account and the parents realize that and they they showed up so that's fantastic good oh, piece man. of news yeah and this had to do job. with with our opening skit as well is that there was legitimate criticism they spent all their time in these board meetings arguing over how to rename schools that were named after figure founding fathers mm-hmm. and people like thomas jefferson and so instead of talking about how to get the schools open how to safely do that or 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 you know they're talking about renaming schools instituting lockdowns yep. and masking kids masking kids yeah and uh that's what they're spending their time doing and the kind of like will was saying earlier these parents are like backed in the corner i'm like i can't send my kid to school i have to put a diaper on his face all day and they're not even getting into the schools based on merit now so what am i going to do they got up they started mobilizing they started organizing they got other parents signed up and they recalled and i I saw something interesting in this article that like i think something to the tune of 85 percent of the same voting based vote voted to oppose the recall of gavin newsom but they overwhelmingly voted to recall these people and so that's great yeah so they're they legitimately flipped when because they saw the absurdity of the school board so good on them yeah there's a turnaround here and it goes to show a lot of the things that we talk about uh, on this show uh, the issues specifically happen on sort of a national level or a federal level or sometimes on a world level when we're talking about the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and all this crazy stuff and how it's interwoven and you can feel sort of helpless and go oh my gosh there are so many big actors and big perpetrators pushing this on me and in my life what can I do and we so often forget the power of local governance and how much your voice truly matters when it comes to your day-to-day life the Board of Education is your day-to-day life when it comes to you and your children and what they're being educated in in and on uh, and and this is where people stood up and made a change. And now there's going to be three new people sitting on this board. And hopefully it'll be three new people that support their values. Yep. All right. Why are these people even having jobs in the first place? It's unbelievable. The fact that there are so many people who just have useless jobs is quite disappointing. The amount of administration, the amount of bureaucracy. It's just why, why do these people even have jobs in the first place? Because it only ever expands. Never disbands. Yeah. <laughs> it only ever goes up. I know. They only ever find more more seats that they need and more power that they need and more resourcing that they need. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people just talk about critical race theory and black schools all day. Yep. For That's, no reason. Yep. Absolutely we pay no them. reason. Again, these are our employees. We pay them our tax dollars. Yep. Useless people. Useless, I tells ya. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Double down. Oh, double down. Okay, more good news here. Enos Cantor Freedom is being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Why? For being a strong, uh, outstanding voice against China and the CCP, and particularly the NBA's involvement with China and the CCP. This is an article written by The Atlantic, which is quite surprising. 
detailing, uh, you know, different moments where the NBA was clearly in the pocket of China and the different grievances that one should have with China, considering their active use of slave labor, their tamping down of dissidents in their country, the genocide of the Uyghur Muslims. And it details how Enos Cantor became aware of everything that happened, his life, which is truly interesting. And, uh, his outcry against the the CCP and the Chinese regime and his decision to do that really as a lone actor uh, within the NBA when they are constantly trying to dissuade people from calling attention to this. And and one story that I thought was particularly interesting was about uh, Enos Cantor's background and how he sort of realized how different America was from Turkey, where he was from. Uh, It says that he arrived in the U.S. in 2009 as a high school basketball recruit. He heard a teammate criticize Obama. He said, dude, what are you doing? Uh, They might put you in jail. The teammate laughed. This is America. The first revelation of freedom of speech and Cantor used it to criticize the repressive government of Turkish President uh, Recep Tayyip. And he sort of what was that? Ergonon, yeah. Yeah, so he uh, decided, you know, I have this freedom of speech here in America that can't be taken away from me, and it's something that I haven't had before, and I would have been stripped of my rights uh, had I said any of this in, in Turkey. And he decided to use that for good. He ended up going to an event one time where a lady approached him and said, you know, how dare you be here uh, representing the NBA and not talking about what's happening in China with the Uyghur Muslims. And he, he told that woman, I'm going to get back to you on that and I will look into it. And when he did, he found out what was happening and decided to take a stand. You might know him for the shoes that he had painted before going on the court that called out China, that showed depictions of what was happening there and, and asked people to truly take a stand on how they feel about the CCP and everything they're doing. And he did this all on his lonesome. So uh, he's been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, which is really great because a Nobel Peace Prize nomination went to Black Lives Matter. I believe they did they win. Yeah, they even won the Nobel Peace Prize. So is this a shift <laughs> or are we just recognizing something that I think all of us can get behind in common ground? Uh, and that's China genociding Uyghur Muslims is probably not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a big deal for them to do that. But, it is. you know, when this when it comes to these <clears throat> awards and all this kind of stuff, I don't really trust any of it. Yeah. It all seems just like up. useless. You know, it's strange it's, that the Atlantic is publishing this, and it's strange that the Nobel Committee nominated him. It's mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, like I had the same skepticism like as like a you weird, were, like tiptoeing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, re- you read the Atlantic article. You guys, uh, did we put that in the description? Yeah. If you guys yes. read the Atlantic article. I mean, it's it's a lot of it is just nonsense. I mean, it talks all these things about right wing people, Tucker Carlson and Ted Cruz, and things that they said. I mean, it's pretty. It, it's not a well done article in the sense of being fair but it does have some fair points about the golden state warriors and lebron james and people and Mm -hmm. hypocrisy so there is some good in it but as a whole it's it's definitely not the best and i think it misses the picture on on a lot of things that this is an authoritarian regime that is pushing these things and that Mm -hmm. america has to take a stronger stance against all of this you know and the Atlantic is tied to many of these people who are tied to the World Economic Forum, who do so many deals with China and all of this. So it's not like the Atlantic has much room to talk if they're trying to call it hypocrisy. So, uh, Oh, right. Uh, None of these news outlets yeah. have any right to talk. None at all. I mean, the MS- no. MSNBC, NBCCP, I mean, they're, they're covering the Beijing <laughs> Olympics right now. And that's, all, that's what they're doing. Oh, yeah. They don't care at all. I mean, we should be shouting the sponsors of the Beijing Olympics every single day from the rooftop to let these people know. And if you're watching, you shouldn't be watching the Olympics, first of all. You shouldn't be watching the Olympics at all. If you want these people to pay for what they're doing, it's a total, complete disaster. Turn yep. off your TV. Don't watch the Olympics whatsoever. Agreed. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of this, I wish that the article and wish this did more. And I wish that these types of awards weren't worried for me. I mean, we were talking the other day about movies and stuff. They're like, even when a good movie comes out, it's mm-hmm. hard to even get excited for it because everything else is so bad. Yeah. So when something like this happens, it's hard for me to get excited about it because I've just been so disillusioned with these types of awards and these kind of things at all. It mm-hmm. makes me think that there's something deeper going on here. I'm, a very, an agenda. I'm a very skeptical person now of all yeah. of these kinds of things. It's hard to not be cynical about yeah. literally everything. Right. <laughs> yeah, like like Will said, you will find sort of uh, obviously left-wing undertones in this article. Not even undertones, they're pretty they're pretty yeah. overt about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see we'll see how it plays out. I'm trying to think of what the motivation here could be for even giving him the Nobel Peace Prize in this case. Maybe to sort of quell the idea yeah. that the US is has ties to China or it has a, a deep love and uh 
uh, is inspired by China, as the one Justin Trudeau would say. Well, I think it's um, easy to write an article. It's very easy for you to write an article and say, oh, China's kind of bad sometimes and, and have get some praise for it and mm-hmm. be able to stave people off of your back for saying something. It's like a Republican congressman coming out and saying, you know, abortion is terrible and then doing nothing to defund Planned Parenthood or get abortion outlawed sure. in this country. Right. So it's very easy to say things. It's hard to do something. I understand that the Atlantic isn't a, a political lobbying organization or something right. like that. But they're still, it's, it, there, there, there are things that people can do and then there are things that people can say. People right. say a lot of things, right? It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to show up to a, a rally or an event or, or whatever and actually, you know, try and enact change or be yeah. a Canadian trucker and go out there and do it. So there's a big difference there. I think it's kind of just a, again, I'm a skeptical person now with all these kind of things and maybe mm-hmm. I'm looking too far into it and I could Ooh. be wrong. I, I, I won't admit that I'm thinking I'm so right on this, but there could be, it's just for show. Could be nefarious. Yes. But all that to say, Ines definitely deserves props. He for, does. Oh, I mean, he, if, yeah. if the Nobel Peace Prize was a fair thing and it we were all legitimate? on board with it, I'd be yeah. like, yes, he deserves it more than many other people. Right. And I would give it to the convoy, the, the Canadian convoy or, or, oh, sure. Can- or any of these people. Like there's a great, sure. a lot of people who are heroes who are doing this. But it's just, again, it's hard to take seriously. with If they give it to Black Lives Matter after they rioted and destroyed mostly fiery, peaceful protests, mm-hmm. it's just... What can this really mean? Yep. You know, it's hard to know. What's the significance? Yeah. But he deserves it if it was real. Right. Nonetheless, of course. There we go, guys. Now, before we move on to our final segment, Am I the (laughs) A-Hole? We're going to react to a couple TikToks here from beloved teachers. Here we go. Here's number one. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that, because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise. And when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman, who's really just who he truly is, Kal-El. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. What? What did he say? Okay, so this teacher has what's called a transition closet in his classroom, which means that students who maybe are not accepted at home or are not ready to come out to their parents at home can come to school in their normal clothing, and then he has clothes uh, that represent, you know, different dresses and, and male clothes and everything like that, so they can come to school and in his classroom change into the outfit they truly want to be in and go to school that day. If your metaphors that you're making for this kind of stuff is superheroes and Marvel, mm-hmm. I mean that already shows a level of disillusion. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to watch this and not view this as grooming children. It's it's very clear, and it might, it's obviously not sexual grooming, but it is grooming them into an identity that you, as a teacher, do not feel necessary to share with parents, and that is extremely concerning. Out of a what what is the average classroom size in an elementary school, middle school, high school? It's probably twenty five to thirty kids. Yeah. Statistically, how likely is it that one of those kids is transgender in that classroom? Very, very, like very zero. low. Yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah. Far, far less than one percent. Uh, so to have this transition closet present and go, hey, 30 kids who statistically will not be trans. Here's this transition closet. If you want to come to school in boy and girls clothes and then change to boy or girls clothes and and don't let your parents know what you're doing is planting a seed of an idea in these children's brains and making it seem like this fun, fantastic thing. Oh, in this guy's classroom, I get to go in the transition closet. Don't you want to do it? You haven't done it yet? Oh my gosh, go and do that. Uh, It is quite literally grooming kids into a new identity and then hiding it from parents, which is devastating. I mean, every kid, you're a kid, and your teacher says, hey, you can come in here and change your clothes. Yep. I mean, all 30 of them are going to be lined up to just change their clothes into whatever, you know, because it's fun to dress up and do all this stuff. And then he's got his pride flag behind him, and he teaches them what all the different colors mean, and go, well, well, Jimmy picked out a, a girl's dress. Why'd you pick that out, Jimmy? What does that mean to you? Do you feel more comfortable in that dress, Jimmy? Don't tell mom and dad you feel more comfortable in that dress. Come to me first. And when you want to change your name, come to me first, Jimmy. Yeah, look at the genderbread person poster and let's talk about where you identify and all this. And stuff like this is why we saw Newsweek published just a couple weeks ago that survey where now it's like between 30, 40 percent of young people in America identify somewhere on this LGBTQIA plus plus two two S uh, spectrum. Uh, And it's because they're being groomed in class. Like you said, like the who knows the actual uh, occurrence of gender dysphoria just on yep. its own as a, as a mental condition or, or whatever it may be, but it's 
the, this stupid. confusion being pushed by these teachers like this is what is causing this mass confusion. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's ballooned in recent years. Yeah. And the outcomes are not good. The outcomes are, are not good. And we've se- we reacted to a video, I think, probably months ago on this show now where a mother came to a school board in utter tears that she had not been told that her kid was experiencing gender dysphoria and her kid was suicidal, had suicidal ideation that she expressed to a teacher. And the teacher said, here, pick your new pronouns, pick your new identity. We're not going to tell mom about this. And now she has a suicidal child that she does not know about. She has no idea that this is happening until she gets a wake up call one day and finds out that this is what her child has been expressing the entire year. It's ridiculous to have teachers like this who are willing to hide such a massive part, a massive concerning part of kids' lives. This would be the same thing as finding out a student in your class has a medical condition and not making that uh, known to the parents. That's the exact same thing. You know, have you seen the meme of the guy, like the the leftist guys, and they're like, they have the video game of the new Marvel thing or whatever, or Star Wars, and they're like, you know no. what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, what is Like the leftist guy. No, and he's going. Like, no, the leftist, you guys Keep know. explaining. You watchers, you guys understand. Where it's the left- I'll check the chat, see if anyone knows what you're talking about. They know what I'm talking about. The leftist guy, and he's like, he's like with some new weird nerdy thing, and he's like. Oh, he's just like revealing it? like. But he has that face. He has that know. face where it's like. <laughs> like our it's thumbnails? Like, like the beta face. You know, it's like, <laughs> sure. that's what this guy looks like. Also, yeah. when we were at UCLA yesterday. There was a group, there was a tour group for kids who are, might come to UCLA and we overheard them talking and they were asking, Hey, we're, everyone introduce yourselves, your name, where you're from and your pronouns. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just nutty. Does the chat know what I'm talking about? Someone said that did. meme is awesome. So hashtag you have at least beta one. face, hashtag soy jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, like that. Yeah, yeah like the, 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 the soy, <laughs> the soy jack. But yeah, it's just, it's super, it's super unfortunate. And yeah, the, the efforts to go, everybody say their name and pronouns before we get into our discussion. It's an effort to normalize. Final stage of ideological subversion is to normalize everything that's happening right now. It's not normal. It's not normal. No, it's not normal. None of this is normal. I'm not going to say You live in a sick society. One more here that we'll react to really quickly before getting into our Reddit thread submissions. Here's one more teacher talking about how she's not subservient to parents. So I see how you think that you've done something here because parents or community members have voiced concern to their elected official, which is how that process works. Um, not, not bringing it to a teacher, right? They're taking it to the elected official. Um, and now that uh, legislators are, are trying to implement these things. Um, but still, in fact, a parent, not my boss. I don't, I don't actually answer to them. So get bent. Get bent. Who do you answer to? If your boss is an elected official and the elected official's boss is parents, your boss is parents. Right. Again, it's very you clear. pay your taxes. You are my employee, teacher. She just laid it out. She just laid out how parents are her boss and then denied the fact that parents are her boss. Also, have you ever met like, people? You've met teachers. If you have a third grade education, you can be a second grade teacher. Dude, there are kids that I went to school with, right? And in, in high school, they went to college and everything, and they're teachers now, and they're teaching like middle school. I'm like, how is this girl or boy a teacher? I cannot, like, I know you. I know. How are you responsible for teaching children? And then I look at their social media posts, which obviously their students are not on their social media, but they still post, you know, like normal girls who are 22 would post. I'm like, how are you responsible for teaching the next generation i know my sister she's a teacher and i knew all her like her teacher friends who were also teachers who had gone to school with her and everything and i'm like what no, I'm, no. Like, what? I'm like you're a teacher <laughs> like you are getting like i don't know Do you guys- but like it's crazy that these people are you know there's a great i've said this before there's a great norm mcdonald sketch about teachers not being the real heroes mm. it's fantastic i urge you all to look it up it's hilarious But teachers used to be, man. Like when I was a kid, you had all these older teachers who had like Mm -hmm. just dedicated their life to education. Now look how young teachers are. Like across the board, even in high school, you're seeing people who are like 23, 24 teaching high schoolers. What is going on? What is going on? My high school teachers were in their 60s, some of them in their 70s, their 50s. But now we have this new generation of just 20 year olds teaching every single grade. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. It used to be if you were if you were 22 and you wanted to enter education, you were teaching preschoolers and kindergartners. Right. And that's acceptable because you right. teach them their ABCs and two plus two. But now you have 22 year olds teaching 17 year olds. I know. I think my youngest teacher was my second grade teacher. Yeah. Miss Griffin. That's wild. I had a massive crush on her. See, oh, and that's acceptable. 
did. That's what happens. No, I got I got this little like uh, fake gold chain. Wow. That I got like from one of those machines. You're like, things, she's you know? gonna think I'm yeah, older. Yeah, I wore it. I wore it with like my <laughs> basketball jersey, and I was, you know, went up to her to talk to her about. Do my the face. Bit. Do the face. It's like, Miss <laughs> <laughs> Griffin. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Griffin. Oh, no. You know, Yikes. but like I, th- I thought I had a chance with my, you know, teacher right, in right. second grade. Right. I had a huge crush on her. Of course. Anyway, that was the youngest teacher that no. I ever. Had. So see where that leads. Yep. <laughs> Horrible. Slippery slope. It's well. a slippery slope. Oh no, you, I, that's actually something that I, I was talking about. I'm not going to go too in depth in it on the show, but having young girls like that, like young 22 year old girls teaching high school, not not okay, no, not acceptable. Course, not You're having a five year difference between 22 and, and 17 and 18, and you think that they <laughs> should be teaching children? Absolutely not. Yeah, because you absolutely like not blacked out your way through college, and you yeah. think that you get to come and teach children. Literally. I know somebody who would post every single day just her drinking in college, drinking in college. She graduated and is a teacher in, I think, middle school. I'm like, what are you talking Are you serious? No. Well, college education ser- is useless. I mean, it's completely, for most part, I mean, it's useless. You don't learn anything. She, like, posts, like, outfit of the day as a teacher, like, on her Instagram and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Teaching is a skill. I think oh teaching is a gosh. skill. It's a very admirable skill to be a skilled teacher Mm -hmm. because to be able to convey information to people in a way that makes them learn and makes them feel actually inspired by what you're saying is a big deal and it's a hard skill to learn but it doesn't come from from the university like that it comes from practice it comes from actually doing it it comes from real life skills i mean back in the day you could go and just be a teacher you know you could go and be a teacher you could even go and be a doctor like if you served in a war and you were a medic in a war Mm -hmm. you could then just go and be a doctor yeah or a lawyer. You could learn law and then just go be a lawyer. Right. And yeah. now you have all these different things. And you got to go to college and everyone just drinks their way through college. And it's like, and now you just have this generation of people who can't even form sentences. Yep. And who are supposedly adults and leaders in the society. It's crazy. This yep. is the next generation. It's insane. It's like it reputation used to be more important than credential. And now it's like you get a credential and you just can do whatever yep, you want. Yep, you can do right. whatever you want. Right. You can do it's whatever like you want. Doctors get C's through medical school and they become doctors. And they, mm-hmm. like, what, what do they know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. It's it is crazy. crazy. I have to say here, my wife was a early 20s high school English teacher. <laughs> Sorry, Ansley. So she was that one. But she was a great teacher. <laughs> and quit uh, yeah, okay. because of all of the BS. But she well, has a lot of friends who are still in it. And they're like, it's I will gotten say, so bad. Your your wife is the exception to the rule. Because I've met your wife. She and is, uh, she is not. She is definitely the exception to the rule. She is the one percenter of the 99% of 20-somethings teaching high school. 100%. Boom, liberal. 100%. This, I wonder, though, it's like, you know, the same way we talk about because of like, oh, if you demonize cops, then, you know, all the good ones are not going to want to stay cops. Uh-huh. It's like if you make teaching all about imposing and teaching about the genderbred man and doing all this stuff mm-hmm. and like, and, hey, teaching CRT and putting this stuff in curriculum, good teachers are not going to stick around yep. and be forced to do that. Much less there's already problems with the all the bureaucratic things that. Uh, my wife left over years ago. Now it's got she, her, her friends who she taught with are like, it's so much worse now. And a lot of them have left too. So yep. right. it, it's a broken system. My mom just texted me that she complained. I didn't know this until right now that when I was in second grade with Miss Griffin, mm-hmm. my mom complained to the school because Miss Griffin's thong was showing. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now I'm like, mom, why would you do that? <laughs> oh my you know? gosh. Uh, <laughs> This explains so much. We'll have some so Miss Griffin much. updates. Yeah. We're going to have her on the show. I know. Miss Griffin, come on the show. Miss Griffin, if you're watching, I don't know your first name. If you're watching. Come on the show. Yeah. Please, come on the show. We'd love okay, to have guys. you. Okay, guys. Final segment. Final segment. Am I the a-hole? These are submissions that I found on Reddit. I put together for us to judge. Is this person the a-hole in this situation? So I'll read these for, for you guys. Uh, we'll have the prompt and then the actual information. Okay. Am I the a-hole for uninviting my mother-in-law from our wedding after I found out she painted her hair pink in an effort to upstage my wife? I, male 31, and fiance, female 30, are getting married next weekend. Since the wedding planning has started, mother-in-law has made an entire wedding, the entire wedding about herself going full bridezilla on the wedding party as if she's the one getting married. My fiance is kind and can sometimes be a pushover. She has let a lot of my mother-in-law's behavior slide. Recently, mother-in-law texted my fiance the dress she planned to wear at the wedding and it was this off-white silky dress. 
the fiance, my fiance went ballistic on her and told her that this is unacceptable, among other things. The mother-in-law went into a tantrum and eventually relented. Yesterday, she came over to babysit for us. And to our horror, she was painted this terrible, her hair was painted this terrible, bright pink color. At this point, I knew why she did this and told her boldly that I am uninviting her from our wedding and expect security to stop her if she tries to show up. Fiance supported me on this. Since then, countless family members have hounded us, calling us a-holes for sending the mother-in-law into a depression. Quote, am I the a-hole? Send her to the ranch. <laughs> and you guys, ranch. you guys can uh, comment in the chat below, a yes or no. Are oh, yeah. they? We'll make a poll. Maybe we'll make a poll. Make a poll. Uh, I don't know. No, nah, you're in the right. You're in the right for yeah. not for saying she can't even come to the wedding anymore. Well, if she's gonna ruin it. Wait, she <clears throat> she dyed her. It was hard for me to follow all that. She dyed her hair so pink first out she's of spite. Like, she's for, first she's like, I'm gonna wear a white dress to the wedding, and they're like, No, you're not wearing a white dress. So they got in that fight. Yeah, because the like, bride wears white only. The bride is the only one I who wears white. Last, yeah. Yes, the bride is the only one who wears white. So <laughs> then she dyed her hair bright pink to be like, I still want attention when I go to this wedding, and they they uninvited her. Okay. So, are they? Is the man the a hole for uninviting his his? Fiance's mother from the wedding. Not if the fiance agreed. Okay. Taylor? Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's your day. It's your wedding. Like if if they're both if you're both in agreement that it's going to be worse with yeah. this. I mean, it's an extreme measure, but it, it sounds an like extreme there's measure. an extreme reason to do it. Right. Yeah. I would give her a little bit of grace, but I don't think you're an a-hole if you decide not to allow her to come. I mean, so that's where I'm at. Send her to the ranch. How are people pulling on the center to the ranch? On the center center to the ranch. channel, eighty-three percent say no. Okay. Eighty-three percent right. say no. Okay. Perfectly answered. Yeah. Next one here. Good job, guys. Am I the a-hole for getting a tattoo without telling my girlfriend? I'm 24 and have dated her since we were both 19. We lived together, never took a pact to uh, do or not have tattoos or anything like that. I know she's more of an anti-tattoo person, I guess. I've always wanted one. I didn't think it was a big deal. She travels for business, and so since I work from home and uh, could go get one during my free time, I went and got a tattoo. Didn't tell her and didn't think it was worth mentioning. She came home and then obviously when I was shirtless getting ready for bed, she noticed and made it this huge thing about how it's permanent and all that jazz. She thinks that I'm the a-hole for A, not discussing it with her first, then B, not telling her. My position is it's not a big deal and it's a non-controversial tattoo. Am I the a-hole? Baby, you like my chest piece? I got this <laughs> winged eagle across the chest. Yeah, right. And then barbed wire right here. He not, says it's non-controversial, so I imagine it's like a small tattoo or like an arm tat or something like yeah, that. If it's I got a man, a teardrop. <laughs> yeah. No, but listen, I, I'm conflicted. You're conflicted because as a man, you know, you can do what you want. Right? Uh huh. But then again, if my girlfriend Ava, I know you're watching. If you got a tattoo without telling me, I'd be really upset. Really, so you'd be upset. Yeah, of course. And I think that she would be justified to be upset at me too. Yeah. Because that's like, you know, that's your person that you're in love with. That's, you know, you, you their body is a sacred thing to you. It's, you don't want to desecrate it. It depends on the parameters of your relationship. It does. Like, if it's, you're like Will over here pact. and you're never going to tell your wife how much money you make. Right, exactly. Business, exactly. Then maybe they have a type of relationship where you can just go get a tattoo and it's whatever. But right. like, that would not fly in that would not fly the rules in your of engagement of our relationship. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm the opposite on that. My boyfriend could go and get a tattoo and it's, come back, and I'd be like, "That's cool." Yeah, I don't think you like it. Would be, that's awesome. She wouldn't be mad at me, but it would be like just surprising that I wouldn't even like tell her. And wouldn't mention like, it. Why wouldn't you tell me that? It's weird. Right. But just because we are so. But the only reason that they wouldn't tell this person is because they knew that they wouldn't like it. Or it's because they think it's insignificant. Like, I don't think tattoos are a significant thing, whereas you two might think tattoos are a pretty significant thing to go and do without telling sure. anybody. I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't think that's significant at all. I do. So yeah. my vote is not, he's not the a-hole in the situation, but that's just because I don't think it's a super significant thing to do. Chat says 56% say, no, you're not the a-hole for, do, for doing so this it is without telling her. All okay. I know is I'm not getting any tattoos without, without telling, telling your girlfriend. Or anyone, really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm telling everybody if I Everybody's going to get a tattoo. We'll, we'll yeah. got the polo Ralph Lauren logo right here on his uh -huh. chest. Okay. Yeah. He told us. So Craig I'm, you? I'm yeah. saying no. <laughs> Will's saying yes. Taylor's saying yes. No. No. I don't know. Uh, it depends. It's, it depends. Okay. Um, I'm conflicted. Here's like one. 
Am I the a-hole for being unhappy that my wife frequently sleeps in the same bed as another man? Throw away account for obvious reasons. I'm 21 male. My wife is of three years is 31 female. My wife has a best friend from college. Let's call him James, who was always her roommate for a few years after graduating, who she is very close with and texts with slash talks to frequently. James is gay but single and lives in a city about three hours drive away from us. So when my wife visits him, it's usually for a full weekend since it's a bit far for casual visits. James also sometimes comes to stay with us and sleeps in our guest room. I don't have a problem with him. What I didn't know, what I didn't know about was that James lives in a studio apartment in the city and casually this week, my wife mentioned that when she goes to stay with him, she sleeps in bed with him. As far as I know, James has only ever been interested in men, but I still think this is very inappropriate. She got upset when I told her this was inappropriate and that I didn't want my wife cuddling in bed with other men. And she said I was being quote jealous and quote homophobic. I don't think it's okay for her to do this. And I feel betrayed that she's been doing this for years without telling me. Am I the a-hole? I can't believe my wife's boyfriend has been <laughs> sleeping in the same bedroom. Let's let's function on the assumption that he is in fact gay. Don't worry, man. I'm gay. Not Taking that he's good faking care it. Of your Not no. that he's faking it. Let's uh, right. no. You're, it's, I still I still think it's inappropriate. Yeah. Of course. No. No. no I still think it's inappropriate. No, this would never fly. He is not the a-hole in this no. situation. If no. I went and slept with a lesbian friend of mine, mm -hmm. yeah. that wouldn't fly no. either. No, of course not. No, mm -mm. never. Yeah. Nope. You are not the a-hole. No. And your wife needs to rethink this. She needs to rethink her life. Yeah. Especially to say it's homophobic. It's like a, that's a big jump from reality to say that. Yeah. You know what we should do with her and James? What? Send him to the ranch. Send him to the ranch. Send him to the ranch. Send them both to the ranch. No, it's not okay. And I'm sure he is gay, but not okay. It's not okay to be gay? <laughs> I'm Somebody's going to cut that. Oh. I'm sure he is gay, but it's not okay. No, I know. You That's hilarious. Yeah, this one was easy. Yeah. Easy. Okay. Uh, clear cut. Okay, clear cut. Let me give you one that's maybe not as clear cut. Okay. Am I the a-hole for telling my mom to replace me because I don't want to be around her anymore? My dad came over on Valentine's Day to bring me flowers. Then he talked to my half-sister, she's a toddler, and my mom and stepdad. He gave my half-sister half some of the flowers that he got for me. I told him that it made me sad because he is my dad, not hers, and he said he was sorry if I felt less important. My mom then yelled at me and was like, blended family, co-parenting, she's your sister, etc. Uh, I then told her and my stepdad that it isn't fair that I have to have two homes and live in a house with someone who isn't my parent. I told her that she gave my half siblings more stability and love and she that she has ever given me. I told her that I'm the victim of her choices. I said that my dad is my dad and she can't just give him to my half sister who has all the love and stability she needs. I told her that I'm sick of her hurting me and trying to take everything away that makes me feel safe and happy. I told her that I feel embarrassed that she doesn't feel the slightest bit of guilt for what her romantic choices have done to me and that she uh, could have just one not had me or two given me away for adoption and instead decided to be selfish and make me suffer based on her actions i told her that if she wants another daughter she better make one with my stepdad and replace me because i want to live with my dad and stepmom and see her maybe once a month then she got sad and my dad told me to be nice and my stepdad had things to say too, but I told him that she isn't my parent and to mind his business. Edit, my mother cheated. Am I the a-hole? No, this is why you don't have story. kids with more than one person. I, I, I fully believe this. this is a hot take. Do not have kids with more than one person. Uh, and it shows that you, there's a problem there. And this is what you're going to create when you do something like that. Uh, I get it. Like you want another separate life. You might've messed up the first time or you chose the wrong man, but you chose the wrong man and you messed up the first time. And I don't think you should go and have kids with another person because it, it creates situations like this. And she shouldn't feel wrong for feeling this way because her mother created the situation out of selfishness, out of wanting something different and cheating and creating another whole family and another whole household. Uh, I don't think she's the a-hole in this situation. I understand passions are high. Yeah. She sounds a little dramatic, gonna be honest. <laughs> but I understand it's a tough situation. Mm. It's an old I, saying, hurt people hurt people. That is true. And mm -hmm. this is obviously a very hurt person who's mm -hmm. bleeding and in her hurt 
causing more pain and being as hurtful as she can yep. to her mom sort of in retaliation and yep. I, is that an appropriate response or is it a, a good response no but is are her is her pain valid and real yes yes and so can you blame her for being hurt no but is it the best way to deal with that hurt no by the way i think this girl is 14. just put two, that out yeah. there two wrongs don't make a right right two flies with one clap yeah, yeah i don't i think it's completely understandable completely understandable that somebody who's 14 whose mom cheated created a new family and now she doesn't get to see her mom or her dad as often uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole just thing is look. just like a huge, like Will said. I mean, it's it sounds we could say cluster. dramatic, but it's it's a cry for attention because what else? How else are you are you going to deal with this as a fourteen year old girl who feels mm -hmm. so hurt and neglected and you know by his family situation? We talk so about the importance of two parent households. Mm -hmm. Gotta just listen to some you know some Death Cab for Cutie and Panic at the Disco. <laughs> yeah, that'll bring mommy and daddy back. <laughs> and just stay in your room. <laughs> Take <them> back Sunday. <laughs> it's not that'll a phase, bring back, mom. That'll no, bring back the mom and dad plan. that you had. Okay, we have one more here, and okay. then uh, this will be the end of the show for okay. today. Am I the a-hole for what I told my mother-in-law when she asked to be in the delivery room? My husband, male 33, and I, female 30, are expecting a baby boy. We're barely catching up with preparation and getting everything ready. His mom, kind of a busybody type, can uh, but can be helpful at times, invited us for dinner, and she said she has an important request to make. She brought her request up at dinner and blatantly said that she wanted to be in the delivery room with me when I give birth. I was taken aback by her request. I really thought it had something to do with the nurse or a diaper brand. I said I was sorry, but only my mom and my husband will be there. She made a face, got quiet for a while, and then brought it up again. Just kept pushing, saying she is as much of a grandmother as my mom is, and that she just wanted to be there for support and get the opportunity to see her grandbaby's first moments. My husband sided with her. I just stared at her and said, it's all right. You can have the opportunity to be in the delivery room when you're uh, when it's your son who's giving birth, everyone stopped eating and my mother-in-law left the table in an instant. My husband had got me up, although I wasn't finished with my dinner, but he said we should leave. In the car, he lost it on me saying, what brain cell made me think it was a good idea to tell my mom that? I told him his mom kept pushing after I had already given her an answer. Still, he said this was the most effed up S I he'd ever heard me say I replied that I was just frustrated and didn't mean to hurt her feelings and cause issues he argued that if I don't want issues then I should stop making things difficult and just say yes to his mom's request then he ranted about how it's his son too and then said if his mom isn't allowed in there then he won't be there too <laughs> now I don't know if he really meant this or just said this uh in the moment uh, let's see. He's been ignoring me when I try to talk to him and act like I'm not in the room. I think I might have gone too far and created tension by responding inappropriately. Am I the a-hole? It's under the ranch. <laughs> this one's a difficult one. This it's one's a, got it's layers. It's so long. Um, she doesn't want this woman in the delivery room. Why not? I don't know. If she has to be in there, why, 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 why would you just let her in? It is your most, the most vulnerable moment of your entire life. And this could be a woman she doesn't know all that well. Right. Yeah, but you do so, think the grandmother right. you sacrifice things for your husband. I mean, if he wants I think, yeah, I think if your husband wants like, this, then definitely. Yeah, and you're excited. That's what they said. So just do it. Just do Stop it. This is one of those things that those like marriage prep courses don't prepare you for. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how do you deal with this one? How is the audience responding? Um, let's see. We got 62% saying no. You're so they're saying she's justified. Yeah. I don't know. It is a pretty, it's a pretty big thing to say somebody's going to be in the delivery room, but I, whoever my husband's mother would be, I would be allowed. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Am I allowed to have an opinion on this? Yes. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Of course you can. I don't have a strong opinion. It's something you just kind of have to work out, I guess, as it, you know. Don't know all the Reddit decided that she's not. Right, it decided that she's not. Our audience decided that she's not. It's very interesting. I think it seems a little like dramatic, kind of like yeah. why? Why are you so opposed to this? Yeah, mm. exactly. Like a lot of people wants it. Everybody wants it. I personally just want only my husband in the delivery room. That's going to be my decision. I've never thought of. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about who I'm going to yeah. have in the delivery room. Yeah. Whatever my your husband wants. or you just want. Yeah, we'll be. Yeah, very happy. Together. It's, it's yeah. very nice. No, I just want my husband. You know? when, Will, when Will has the baby. <laughs> yeah, when I have the baby. Who do you baby, want in the room, Will? <laughs> uh, when you have your baby, who do you I want? I want Scott. Dennis Prager. 
Uh-huh. I want Dennis Prager. To Dennis Prager for moral support. Yes. Yes. No. He, he, if the baby heard that coming out, yeah. I mean, he'd be the most stellar baby. <laughs> Blow cigar smoke on the baby as he comes out. <laughs> Come through a smoke ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. No, okay, no. well, we are kind of undecided on this one, I guess. Right. But no, a, oh, it'll be interesting to situation. see. Most people say not the a-hole, Send but them to the ranch. figure it out. Send them all to the ranch. Send them all to the ranch. You guys are asking Reddit to answer your life questions. You're all going to the ranch. Mm-hmm. You, shouldn't, <laughs> until, you, mean, until, you shouldn't be on Reddit asking these kinds of questions anyway. You're you know? all going to the ranch. You're going to the ranch. Send them to the ranch. But you also provide us with good content, so keep posting on Reddit. Right. So, yeah. At the ranch. At the ranch. Yeah. The ranch has Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> Ranch Wi-Fi. <laughs> but it's not great America. Wi-Fi. It's not great Wi-Fi, but you can like post 3G. on Reddit. Yeah. It's 5G. It's going to make your... your you're not gonna you're not gonna have to worry about whose mom is in the delivery room (laughs) after the 5g no funeral home (laughs) okay we take all of that back we didn't mean to say anything um department of homeland security come arrest us terrorists we're sending amala to the ranch uh why what did i do you're a terrorist you're a terrorist (laughs) oh fair i'll go to the ranch i'd like to see the ranch Just to see it. Just to see it. Don't make me stay. Well, uh, listen, I want want a family and chickens and all that kind of stuff. And like a ranch. I want my own ranch. So you can you guys tell me about this whole ranch thing after the show because oh, I don't get it. I'll tell you guys oh, all. You don't get it? So that you guys know the reference when we use it later on on future episodes. Doctor Phil, whenever he sees unruly teenagers and people, uh, he sends them to the ranch, which means they go to the ranch, this like boy ranch and girl ranch for a couple weeks, and they get disciplined. You it's ever like heard of like the boys thing? ranch? Like no, dude it's ranches. Not straight, and- it's like a therapy thing. You go to the ranch and you come back a better person. Yeah. I will scare you straight. They got like horses and cows right. and stuff and you have to like do work and, you mm-hmm. know, mow lawns and stuff. Yeah, you learn character <laughs> skills at the ranch. Yeah, yeah. It's like boot camp, but with horses. Yeah. I feel like there's something you're not telling me about this place. <laughs> oh, and Mike Pence comes and electrocutes you. <laughs> at the end. That's it's quite too. the experience. No, but it's literally where Dr. Phil sends people he feel like he can't help on the show. So, Will, how was right. your experience the at the ranch? Oh, it was great. I mean, they turned so many things around for me. <laughs> yeah. To, to think of the man that I was before. Right. Dennis the, the Menace. Now. Exactly. No, the ranch saved now, my life. Now you're with Dennis Prager. And now I'm with Dennis Prager. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, guys. I think that's our show for today. Thank you. I have to get back to the yes. ranch. Yes. Thank <laughs> you, guys. That's my time. Thank you, guys, so much for watching. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single day when we go live. That is 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. We will be back uh, tomorrow with an episode that is full of interviews for you. We interviewed Wilfred Riley, Glenn Beck, and our resident fact checker and historian, Richard. So he'll be on the show tomorrow as well. We will see you guys then. Thank you so much for watching. And comment down below your answers to this Am I the a-hole uh, submissions? Let us know what you think. Bye, guys. See you, ranch friends. <laughs>